Bible's taken to John chapter number one. You may have already be there, but John chapter one. We're going to start in verse number six, and we'll read a few verses this morning. <clears throat> Last week we introduced the subject of John and into the story of the book of John, written by the John the Beloved. And this morning uh, we're going to take what the next set of scripture gives us, and that's verses six through thirteen, fourteen, and. Uh, introduce to you the subject of the light and we'll talk about the light and the light is who and who the light is and uh, it's important that you understand who the light light is who the light is you've got your bibles open to john chapter one let's all stand if you can verse number six and we'll begin reading in verse number six the bible says there is a man sent from god whose name was john the same came for a witness uh, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which shineth every man that cometh into this world, into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came not unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I'm thankful for that verse. Verse number 13, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace in truth now we're going to enter just as a way of introduction we'll talk about the introducer or the uh, the person who introduces the light and that is john and that is not the same john that is writing this book it is another john who we would like to call john what the bible calls john the baptist and uh thank you so much for standing you may be seated and uh, we'll go through the introduction and then we'll get on to the sermon but who why do they call him john the baptist the main reason why they call him John the Baptist because he went around baptizing people and uh, actually got a chance to baptize Jesus Christ. And so this is, the, this is the text in which we believe and which we see in verse number 6. Uh, just as way of introduction, he was the introducer of the light. But in verse number 6, the Bible says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now that was John the Baptist, not John the Beloved in whom wrote this book. But... I want to see just a couple of things here in, in the introduction. We see the source of his calling. Look in verse number 6. There was a man sent from who? Who did he come from? There was a man that came from God. He, his specific purpose was to lead the way that Jesus Christ was coming. And John the Baptist, was the where was the source of his calling? It was from God. Not only do we see that it was from God, but God specifically selected him number two he selected him whose name at verse number six whose name is john when god selects people he selects you by name it's not by accident that god selected john he purposefully on purpose selected john to be the leader john to introduce the light now i'm going to say this and i believe it god specifically made you the way that you are the bible says i am fearfully and wonderfully made there's not one person in this room that god says oh you was an accident i have no idea how you come out 
Now, I know that parents may say, well, the hue is an accident or whatever, but God says there are no accidents. He specifically made each and every purpose person on purpose. The way that you are, the way that God specifically named you and specifically has you. And not only do we know that it was a specific, it was a specific person, but also, but God gives each and every one of us in this room a specific plan. You know, God doesn't, it's not by accident that you're here this morning, and it's not by accident that you live in Nederland or that you live uh, in your house that you do live in. God has chosen you to live there, selected you to live where you're at to affect the community in which you live in. God selected John just like that. God not only was the source from God, but his selection was from God as well. God specifically chose him. Look, God specifically chose me. I don't know why. God specifically chose you on purpose. And he specifically chose John. Not by accident, but, by, but on purpose. Not only do we see the source and the selection, but number three, <coughs> we see the descending. Look in, look in that verse, she says, a man sent from who? Who was he sent from? He was sent from God. Not only was he chosen by God, not only was he selected by God, and the source of his calling was from God, but God sent him to that place. There are many times and many people that God sends us to, and it is our responsibility to tell those people. And if I don't tell, then who will? As the book of Romans says, how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they go unless they be sent? Look, John the Baptist was preparing the way of the Lord, and those people that he prepared the way of the Lord for would have never known had he not been sent like he was supposed to go. Not only do we see the source, how he was selected, he was sended, but not only that, but he, was, he had a service in verse number 7. He had something he was specifically to do. He said the, came, the same came for a witness to bear witness of what? Of the light. What was his job? What was his service that he was supposed to do? He was supposed to bear witness of the light. Now, that's not changed today. We ought to bear witness of the light. Now, you say, who is the light? We'll get there in just a moment. But we are to bear witness of the light. That's what his job was. That's what his service was. In each and every Christian, your service is to bear witness of the light. Not only was it his service to bear witness of the light but then lastly we'll move on to the sermon but lastly in the introduction is he was to he was to bring forth or he was to introduce of this light to, he was to bring salvation look in verse number seven he says that all men through him might believe you know what john was worried about john wasn't worried about what anybody was saying about him john wasn't worried about anybody else what they were calling him the old man running around with camel hair and old man that was preaching preaching in the wilderness is what they called him a cry a calling in the wilderness he wasn't worried about what was going on he wasn't even worried that they changed his last name to baptist john who the baptist why because he's baptizing people he didn't care what people were saying about him he said i've come to prepare the way of the lord so that somebody might believe he said, I don't care. He said, I'm preparing the way of the Lord that somebody might believe. You know what, Christians? We ought to live our lives so that somebody might believe. Who are we affecting? Look, every one of us have family. Every one of us have siblings. Every one of us have, have people that were around, uh, nieces and nephews and cousins and, and aunts and uncles and people that you're around all the time. 
It's your job. It's my, responsi- it's my responsibility to be a witness to those people. But it's just as much as your responsibility to be a witness to those people that are around you so that they might believe. Not only is it our responsibility for our family, for our friends, but also sometimes our foes. Look, there's people that, are, that might be a foe, that might even be an enemy, but I don't want anybody to go to hell. I want everybody to trust Jesus Christ. But even if they're a foe, I need to still witness to them and tell them that they might believe. And not only that, but I need to witness to my neighborhood. If I don't tell my neighbor, then who will? Who is going to tell my neighbor if I don't tell them? I've lived on 21st Street, I guess, since April, and not one person's ever knocked on my door and asked me about heaven. How many people have knocked on your door and asked you about heaven? So if you don't, then who will? If you don't, then who will? You say, is it that important? It's that important because if I don't, then they'll go to hell. You say, will they go to hell because I don't knock on their door? No, they will go to hell because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. But then also you see in this, and then we'll get moving on, but he says in verse number 8, he says, I'm not the light. He said he was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. He was not the light. And you see that light every time it's mentioned in this text is capitalized. Do you know what that means? It's talking about the light, not a light bulb, not one that, not, not, a, not a candle light, but the light, and that the light is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the light. <laughs> now, let's get on to the sermon. Number one, let's see the rejection to the light. Look in verse number 10. The Bible says he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Think about this for just a moment. Jesus Christ came and he died on on the cross on this earth, but he came to this earth and people rejected who he was. But he was in the world, and what world was he in? The world that he made in verse number 10. So Jesus Christ left heaven and came to this earth to live, and people rejected him even though that he had made them. And still to this day, it, rejection still goes on. There's an ignorance. There's, uh, listen, it's, it's, it's uh, ignorant to refuse the gift of God, Christ. It's, re, it's ignorant that they would not know who he is. In verse number 10, the world knew him not. They didn't know who he was. <coughs> not only is it ignorant, but it's inexcusable. Man, It it is absolutely inexcusable that anybody would want to go to hell. Who wants to go to hell? Nobody does. To refuse the gift of eternal life, that is choosing, rejecting rejecting Jesus Christ. He made the world. He was in the world and they rejected him. It's insulting to him. Look in verse number 11. He came into his own and his own received him. Him not. Do you know what that's talking about? He was a Jew. He was born into the Jewish family. He was born of the tribe of Judah. He was born in a family in the lineage of King David. That's who his family was. And he was royalty in line of being the next king if it would have continued on being in the lineage of David. 
and he was the firstborn child of Mary. So he was in line to be king. And listen, and they rejected him. Who rejected him? It wasn't those that lived down, necessarily that lived down the street. Those who rejected him was his family. Those who rejected him was those of the tribe of Judah. Those who rejected him were those of the tribe of Benjamin. Those who rejected him were those that were his closest friend, family. That's who rejected him. And he, was, he came unto his own. And his own wouldn't receive him. I don't want it. They don't believe that Jesus was, was the Son of God. They believe that Jesus was a good man. Ah, oh, he's just a good prophet. And some people will still tell you that to this day. He was not a good prophet. He was the Son of God. He was not a prophet. He was the prophet. He is the good shepherd. They rejected him. But I'm going to tell you, it still goes on today. People still reject him. <coughs> he came into his own, and his own received him not. But look, not only do we see the rejection, but number two, and this is the last point, you guys are saying, hallelujah, we're going to get out of here early tonight. I have a bunch of sub-points, sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Number two is the reception. Not only do we see the rejection, but the reception. Look in verse number 12. But as many as received him. Who received him? But as many. This is the most wonderful thing about the Bible. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Receiving Christ is the greatest blessing anybody in this world can ever have. You might want to reject Jesus Christ. But I'm going to tell you, if you reject Jesus Christ, that is telling you, hey, I want to go to hell. But receiving Jesus Christ is absolutely the best thing that you can ever do. And look, when you receive Jesus Christ, the Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave he powers to, to power to become who? The sons of God. Look, and it can't look, and know this to be true, that this power to become the Son of God cannot be given to you by anybody else. It can't be given to you by a preacher. It can't be given to you by a friend. It can't be given to you by a neighbor. The only way that you can get the power, the only way that you can become the sons of God is by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Is the only way that you can become the sons of God. You can't get it because you're good enough. You can't get it because you're a church member. You can't get it because of the things that add up. No, you get it because of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who gave us power to become the sons of God. That's what Jesus Christ did. <coughs> he says, but as many as received him, not only do we see that, that, that he, anybody that received him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved it doesn't matter what race it doesn't matter what color it doesn't matter what creed it doesn't matter what family you belong to it doesn't matter where you live whosoever shall call on the name of the lord shall be saved because as many has received him they became the sons of god 
There's not one person who will come to Jesus Christ and say, nope, you're not good enough. Nope, you're not good enough. Nope, you don't have enough money. Nope, you don't have enough prestige. Nope, you don't come from the right family. Nope, you're not related to the right people. He said, come unto me. That's what he said. To as many as believed, to as many who received him, became the sons of God. And that's the greatest thing about my God. If he's not going to stand up there and go, all right, how much do you make a year? Let's see. Uh, who's your grandpa? No, come here. Doesn't matter who you are. And doesn't matter where you come from or the mess ups that you've had in your past. God says, come on. To as many as received him. That's why, if you go, if you go back into the Old Testament, that's why even. People like Moses was used greatly as a man of God. But if you look back in the history of Moses, Moses was a murderer and David was a cheater. He cheated on his wife and a murderer and God restored him back to be the man that he could be. Look, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Jesus Christ can forgive you of that sin. And this is what he's telling us. To as many as believe, I'll give you the power to become the Son of God if you will just believe. Just believe. Well, I don't know what to do. Just believe. I don't know what to say. Just believe. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, O Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be Saved, no doubt about it. No, maybe not. Uh, well, if you got to say the right words, no, there's no particular sinner's prayer you need to pray. There's a time in your life where you say, I believe Jesus Christ is the answer for salvation, and He's the only way that I can get there. And then He says, As many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. <laughs> you see who gets who gets to be look who gets to be in God's family I do you do too if you believe then he'll put you into his family it's not by membership salvation is not by anything else he goes on to give us a, a great a, a illustration of what Salvation is not. You say, what is what salvation is not? What gives you eternal life or not? Look in verse 13. Which were born not of blood. I'm going to tell you what does that mean? Salvation's not of human heritage. What does that mean? It means it doesn't matter where you're born or who your parents are, or what your heritage looks like. It's not of blood. It's not of your heritage. Then he says, it's not the will of flesh, nor the will of flesh. What's the will of flesh? Your good works. Salvation isn't because you're a good person. And salvation isn't because you, you, uh, you, you are nice to the neighbor or you walk the little lady across the street. Salvation is not of good works. 
Don't think for just a moment I'm going to heaven because of how good I've been or how good I was. I'm not going to heaven because of that. I'm going to heaven because of salvation that is not of the will of the flesh. Not of the will of the flesh. Not only does he say in verse number 13, it's not of the will of the flesh and it's not of the will of man. What's the will of man? By proxy, I'm going because of this guy, and I'm going because of this guy, or someone's going to pray me through. No, sir, no, ma'am. You're going because of the will of God. And that's what he says in, verse, in that same verse. He says, not, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of who? Tell me what that verse says. But of who? How can you get salvation how can you get salvation, sir? It's not by a preacher. It's not by anybody else. It is by God. That's how you get salvation this morning. Plain and simple. John says, I'm coming to prepare the way of the Lord because he's the only one that can, he's the only one that can take away my sin. He's the only one that can take me to heaven. He is, not me. I'm thankful that's not based on me. Because if it was based on how good I was, I'd be lost on a way to hell. That's not based on me. It's based on him. I'll ask you this question. I ask everybody this question when I talk to them. And they tell me they're going to heaven because of good works. Listen to me. If you're going to heaven because of your good works, then tell me why Jesus. What was the purpose of him dying on the cross if you and I still have to pay for our sin? Because when he died on that cross, you know what he did? He took my sin, my past, my present, and my future sin, and he nailed it to the cross. That's the only way I'm going to find is by the cross. There's a little boy who was lost walking down the street. He needed a place. He needed to go home. And some guy asked him. He said, "He said, how? He said, I, I, uh, I'm lost. I need help." He goes, "Well, how can I help you?" He said, "Sir." He said, "I don't know." He said, "But if I can find the cross," he said, "I live by an old church. But if I know if I can find the cross." I can find my way home. I'm going to tell you, you know want to find the cross? You can find your way home. You're not going to heaven because you're good or because you belong to this church or you belong to another church or whatever it is. You're not going to heaven because of that. It's not by the will of flesh, not by the will of man. It's by the will of God. The Bible says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all men come into repentance. So do you know what the will of God is? Every person in this room to know for sure they're going to heaven. He doesn't want anybody to have doubt. That is the will of God. How do I get in that will? Trust him. And nothing else is ever going to be needed. Because it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Why did he die if he is not enough? God, I love you.
I thank you for every individual that's here this morning. I pray, dear Lord, that you